Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about fathers. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today is the 20th of June, 2022, and I'm just happy to be here. If you were here with me right now, you would see a lovely smile on my face because I am joined today by a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Zion, uh, her son. You are my firstborn son and you are how old? I am 20 years old. All right. So today we're going to be talking about fathers. Actually, the title is For Our Fathers. And before I get into that, I do want to let you know what the Torah portion of this week is. It's Shalach which means send numbers chapter 13 verses one to chapter 15 verses 41. It's really talking about when they're going, Moses sends out the spies to check out the land and see if it's uh, some, somewhere they want to go. And, and they have a couple of spies who are like, yeah, let's do this. And 10 others were like, no, we don't want to. And those two spies, most of you know, were Caleb and Joshua. Caleb was from the tribe of Judah, and Joshua was from the tribe of Ephraim. That was a fun little notation that I learned today while I read the Torah portion. The half Torah portion is Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 24, and the Brit Hadashah is Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. I encourage you guys to take some time out of your week, and even if it's just a little bit every single day, just read the Torah portion. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about being a father. The first person mentioned as a father is Adam to Cain, Abel, and Seth. Obviously, he had lots of other children, but those are the ones really mentioned. Then you have Noah's three sons who chose to follow their father onto the ark along with their wives and mother and survived the flood. Abraham became the father of Adonai's chosen people, which most of us are very much aware of. In Genesis 22, 15 through 18, that's actually what they talk about here. It says, the angel of Adonai called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I swear it is a declaration of Adonai because you have done this thing and you did not withhold your son, your only son. I will richly bless you and bountifully multiply your seed like the stars of heaven and like the sand that is on the seashore and your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my voice. And that's reiterated in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 15, where it says, encourage one another. Is that the one I'm looking at? It's not. I'm sorry, guys. You know how I am when I'm reading the Bible. I kind of get thrown off. Now, when God made his promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and surely I will multiply you. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham reached the promise. So just reiterating what it says in Genesis. The Torah gives instruction to fathers. We read this every day as part of the Shema. Ben and I, we say the Shema together in the morning when we wake up and at night when we go to sleep. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. I mean, I think most of us are aware of it, but if not, I will read it for you really quickly. It says... You are to teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Now, for most of you who have listened to my podcast, you know that my earthly father was not necessarily 
super awesome to me as a child. Um, there was a lot of negativity going on because as adults, we aren't perfect people and we tend to carry our baggage with us. And unfortunately, when we have children, sometimes our children have to pay the price of our baggage. But I wanted to kind of bring Zion in here. He is not a father yet. However, he does have a different perspective on fathers simply because if you listened at least to my introductory uh, podcast, you'll know that I had Zion when I was 17 years old. He's 20 years old now and he is a full grown man. He's, he's taller than me and knows lots of things um, even better than I do. In fact, he's actually quite knowledgeable, especially when it comes to the Old Testament of the word. But he has a different perspective on fathers simply because his biological father was not really around and he chose not to be a part of Zion's life. And did you want to go into that or just talk about your father now? I mean, it was just, it, it wasn't a big part of my life until I was, you know, cogent enough to realize like, hey, wait, something's a little different. Right. But even then it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal because dad was a good, my, my, my stepfather, as you will, was a, was the, the best that I could get for sure. Right. And I think that it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I always, I don't know, you kind of seem to as well, even call him your stepdad. I don't ever call him your stepfather. It's very awkward to call him that. <laughs> it, it feels is. really gross calling him that. It's, it, it feels disrespectful in my opinion. Yeah. And I like the only time I ever even say that is like when you're doing medical, medical forms, medical forms. Exactly. And, and you, you have, have to say, reiterate like, like, Hey, he's not my biological father, but that's the only time. And even then sometimes it's like, maybe you really have to mention it. You kind of do just because of, well, it depends. Yeah. It, that's true. But I mean, I, I think the difference is, you know, he chose to be your father yep. um, and he didn't have to, I mean, that was honestly one of the reasons, not even one of the reasons, it was the biggest reason why, um, I chose to go ahead and date him, you know, obviously before we were married, because he did show an actual interest in you. I had a lot of other guy friends. I tend to um, gravitate more towards dudes than ladies simply because there's a lot less drama. We're a lot simpler. Typically, you are a lot simpler. Not always, but typically. And for me, I saw the difference between my other guy friends when they would interact with you. Cause you were like two, you know, as a baby and even as two years old, they were not necessarily like they would tolerate you and kind of hang out with you, but they didn't necessarily treat you as a human being. <laughs> and then, you know, your father would, he got down with you and he would play with you and you really seemed to enjoy him and he would interact with you. And just the interactions, I thought, okay, this guy actually has some serious potential. And I think I was right in that, you know, he, he does seem to have been a very, very good father. Yeah. He continues to be a good father. Um, he's not perfect. No. You know, none of us <laughs> are. I mean, you guys definitely had your rough patches, uh, especially as a teenager, because not only with your medical issues, but, you know, raging hormones, you tend to. Angry. Get Yeah, be angry and not really know how to deal with it. And your father didn't really know how to deal with it either, because you got to think about what's his background. No father. He didn't have a father at all. He had zero, uh, zero, anyone to look at. He was there, but he wasn't there. Yeah. And even then he wasn't necessarily there. So, um, which is, you know, unfortunate, but I mean, even for me, my relationship with my dad hasn't been the greatest. I can, I can confidently say now 
that I think that we are in a really good place. And, you know, my father did ask for forgiveness, which a lot of people do not get for the way that he treated me as a child. But I think it's really important just to note, like, hey, you know, even if your father isn't perfect, because they're not, if they show up, that's a huge deal. If they're willing to show up and actually be there for you and help you throughout your entire life, whether they're perfect or not, at least they're trying. If they're making an effort, I think that's really what counts. Yep. Would you agree with that? I would concur, yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if you noticed my husband. My husband, my son is not super uh, talkative. He's not my most talkative child. Although, as a child, you definitely were. I was also your only male <laughs> child. That's true. But you, you know, you definitely had a lot of things to say, especially when it came to animals. But he's he's not uh he's usually very eloquent of speech when he chooses to speak. I'm but not very verbose, generally. Yeah, yes, you you do like those big words though. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate, you know, having to copy down every word I got wrong ten times. Hey, it makes you a, ba- a great speller, and now you know all sorts of big words that even I don't know. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. All right, so the other uh, portion of this I do want to get into as well is, is just encourage you to know that, like, look, your your husband or your father may not be perfect, but as long as they're, they're showing up, they're trying, that's really what counts. You really want a father... The point and the purpose is, if you look biblically speaking, the the father should be studying the Bible, knowing it and teaching it to their children and then be involved in their child's daily lives. Proverbs 22, 6. This is probably the most well-known verse about children in the Bible. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Hopefully we're doing that with our children. I don't know. Sometimes it's questionable, but there is definitely that hope there that, you know, they're, they're choosing to follow after God. Proverbs 3, 11 through 2. My son never despise Adonai's discipline or dread his correction for Adonai loves those he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Even Adonai, he chooses to correct us and direct us in the way that we should go. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Um, and I think that that's a good reflection of how earthly fathers are supposed to do, are, are supposed to be. However, it also talks about in Ephesians 6, 4, which I do have right here. <laughs> okay. It says 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I know that there have definitely been times where that has happened. Um to be fair, I've provoked him before as well. So it's a two-way street. <laughs> it is a two-way street. You're absolutely right. Relationships, it's always a two-way street. Um, but fathers are not to revoke or frustrate their children, but are to teach them God's word to provide wisdom for living well and to help their children come to a saving knowledge of Yeshua. Even Yeshua himself in Matthew 7, verse 9 through 11 highlights the importance of a father to provide for his children as well. And I think that's part of the thing that I think, uh, at least in the Western world, might be a little hit too hard or this is the only importance of a father where they are to only provide for your needs. And typically it's like financially, like I bought you all the pretty things and I sent you to all the the nice schools and therefore I provided for you. But I don't think that that's where we should end things. I think it's about having a relationship 
with each other. So Matthew 7, verse 9 through 11 says, For what man among you, when his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or when he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I just had like kind of a flash. So the only time I can remember your father doing this, but of course, jokingly, is where you say you're hungry and he gives you a... Imagination sandwich. An imagination sandwich, which of course he's jokingly doing so and he does actually feed you, but... Well, it's... Yeah, well, even in the Bible, it's, it's, it's almost like you're doing it to toughen your child, which isn't bad, but it also isn't good. Right. It's... You need to find a middle ground between, you know emotionally traumatizing your child <laughs> and teaching them that the world isn't always nice. You have to find a nice middle ground between that. And I think, I think dad did a pretty good job of that. You know, occasionally I was emotionally traumatized, but generally speaking, he was, you know, he took pride in that, which is good. Yeah. So. Well, that's nice. Um, and I would agree with that too. You know, he definitely, he does try his best. And I think it all goes back to, I think where he was weakest was because he didn't have a father figure once again. So it was like, you know, so sometimes, you know, I would come and, you know, we'd come into our room and I'd say, Hey, do you think maybe you want to deal with it this way instead of that way? And, you know, the testosterone manliness says, no, I want to smash. And, you know, but you say, okay, like, what does Yeshua want us to do? And, and that typically is, is what we have to go back to is like, what does the word of God say versus what is my flesh saying? What is my anger saying? What is my frustration saying? Hmm. Which I think is why it's important to even talk about how you discipline your children. Like, you know, there are a lot out th of people out there who are against spanking. They're against, shoot, there are some families who are against disciplining 100%, which I don't think is necessarily the way to go. I think that there is a fine line. There's a very fine line. It also depends on the child. Like my littlest brother... Like physical discipline, nothing to him. He would laugh, he would giggle, he would cry. Or not even cry, he would cry with laughter. Yes. You put him in a corner, though, no, he'll do whatever you want. Because he would rather die than stand in a corner for two minutes. And stay still, yeah, exactly. And stay still. Like, that would, you have to tailor make it. You have to know exactly. Because, like, and I think physical, personally, I think physical mm -hmm. discipline should be a last resort. But it is necessary sometimes because sometimes the kid will not listen. Otherwise, it just won't happen. Right. But you need to be very measured, very careful, very. And make sure you're not angry when you're doing it. Oh, yeah. If you're angry when you're doing it, no, you, you should not because you're you're worse than the child. Yeah. You are worse. I would absolutely agree. you're taking out your anger on someone who yeah. cannot fight back. Kind of like your your middle sister, Melody. You would literally look at her wrong and she would start crying. You would not necessarily yeah, even you would, need to. Yeah, you, would, you, you would say, touch you could her. Say, you could say, 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 Melody, you did a bad thing. And she'd be like, oh, my world is crumbling. <laughs> So it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it depends on the child. I agree. Cause each child is absolutely different. And I mean, I think that's a good testament for you that, that you're recognizing that before you even have kids, because a lot of people think like all one kids are the same all. or something. It does not one size at all. No, because <laughs> I've had to take care of my siblings yeah. and I knew that like yelling and screaming at Melody would work. Sure. Right. Judah would not care. Harmony would not care. Yes. You're absolutely So right. it has to, you have to, and, and yelling and screaming shouldn't be the, the main goal in the first place, no. but it's. You have to know what to do. Otherwise, you were going to use ineffective, you know, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you're trying to, you know, yep. bolt something together. It, yeah, yeah no. you're absolutely right. Bad analogy, but. No, I, I get you because not all things need to be like a nail. What if you need a screw? What if yeah. you need something, you know, and then you need a screwdriver. So you have to use a different implement to yeah. get the desired results. So I, I understand what you're trying to say. Um Children are not just a responsibility for fathers. They are a privilege. Psalms 127, three through five. That actually is, 
Um, one of my favorite verses about having children. In fact, I actually have a necklace that is an arrow that has this Psalm written on it. Psalm 127, three through five. And it says, behold, children are a heritage of Adonai. The fruit of the womb is a reward as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is a man whose quiver is full of them. And I would say that your father has definitely got a quiver full of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the other Testament I, I believe is that he sees you as his child. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, huge. Cause there are a lot of step parents who are like, you're kind of a replacement child or you're, you know, you're a package deal, which is unfortunate. Right. But he, but he, from what I've seen and you know, what mama said, he does not see me as that, which is good. Yeah. Because I have friends who have like step parents who see them as a little, a package deal with the parent. And the only reason they tolerate them. Right. Which is not, which is not good. <laughs> it's not good. And it's not a healthy way to, to be, be thought of or to think of yourself. Exactly. You're raised thinking like, Oh, I, you know, if I didn't exist, it, it would be better for them basically. Which right. is not a good mentality. It's, so. it's not a good mentality. And is there anything else before I kind of almost kind of close this out on the last little bit that you wanted to say, or have you pretty much already said it all? Um, just that, like, I think the biggest thing for like dads and stuff should be taking pride in it. Cause pride is something that all men have. I think like it's, it's a good thing in small measures, but once you become too prideful, then it's, you know, it can become a sin and such, but you should like, you should take as much pride as possible in your children. Like that's, and my, and my dad does. He does. He takes very much pride in us, even if we mess up all the time and do really stupid stuff. He takes pride in us all the time, which I appreciate heavily. And I think, like, taking pride in your children is, as long as they are something to be proud of. If they are not, you should teach them how to become something to be proud of. And even then, you know, say, you know, you know, you do this, you do that, and I will be so proud of you. You know, you will, it'll, it'll change your life, basically. Mm-hmm. So... Just take pride in your children, I guess, is, is basically. And I think unconditional love, too. Like, oh, Yeah, love love and pride are separate, though. Because, like, I pride, you can you can love your child unconditionally, but if they're, like, a horrible person. You cannot like them. You, you, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can say, I'm not proud of what you've become. You, and and, and th- that hurts. Like, if your child is becoming something you're not proud of, tell them. Because they will, otherwise, they will never, ever, ever change. Right. Because <laughs> every, like, no matter who you are, if you're a child, you want your parent to be, like, you know, I'm proud of you. You did great. You Good job. You right. want to hear that. Yeah. But if you don't hear that ever, and you don't hear the opposite, you know, I'm not proud of you. If you don't hear that either, and when you, you know, it's not spoken out of anger, mm-hmm. like, it's serious, like, you know, I'm disappointed, that hits hardest. Mm-hmm. So, just, Yeah. Be proud of your children, I guess, is my tangent. I think that's very well said. <laughs> I I would agree with that statement. And I think that's true, too, because, like, moms were more like, you know, unconditional love, which dads do, too. But being yeah, proud but, of your but children. It, yeah. yeah, it's a little, because, like, your mom, especially for boys, your mom is going to love you. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> no matter what. As long as you weren't being, a, like, an absolutely important human. And even then, sometimes. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's different for dads, I think. Because, because you, especially in the Western culture, it's not as expected. Yeah. You know, the dad's supposed to go to work, ignore you, go to work, ignore you, go to work, ignore you. Yeah. You know, show up once for like your graduation, say good job, you know, good job, sport, and right. then vanish again. Right. So. And I think that's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate stereotype because I don't think that. I mean, like that's clearly not how God wants. You to oh have no, that. the Bible. Like, the Bible is more. You know, you treat your. You know, you raise your child pro- appropriately. 
and then they will take care of you appropriately when the time comes. One would hope, yes. Yes. This is recorded. I just want to throw that in there. All right. Uh, you're asking your <laughs> your child with so many issues to take care of you. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I see you. All of my children. But yeah, okay. Ask Harmony. She's going to be like a bajillionaire. Yeah, probably. But um, yeah, that was that, uh, in closing, be proud of your kids and they will uh, they'll be better for it. That, that's it. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. And I didn't even have to like beg or plead. So I'm really proud of you for doing that. Because I really was oh, like, man, am I going to have to like, well, your siblings are like, we don't want to be on the podcast. So we'll see if it, eventually we'll get them on the it podcast. It doesn't bother me at all. So. My hope is to actually get other people on the podcast as well. Like even if it's like long distance, it's just trying to figure out how to do that. I, I can help you with that. I appreciate that. So in closing, children are a gift from God to be cherished and nurtured by fathers. Fathers are to encourage a legacy of godliness as Joshua declared years ago in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So in doing that, you choose to serve the Lord by not only doing it in your own life, but being an example and also teaching your children so that they too can become prosperous and glorify God in their lives. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I know it's a tiny bit shorter than we normally do, but that is okay because I have my son with me and that makes me a happy mama. But in closing, like I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, which is, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week. Enjoy those, your fathers out there. I know that some don't even believe in following or celebrating Father's Day, but I think it's important. It's one of those good traditions where you do acknowledge the importance of fathers in your lives. Have a blessed week and hopefully you'll tune in next time. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.